Welcome to the First Church Podcast. I am here with Coach Alan Vanderink. Alan uh, coaches for the Kent Roosevelt Rough Riders, and uh, he's a member of our church here at First Church, and I'm glad to have him on. We're going to talk about uh, a little faith and football and, and coaching, uh, which should be pretty fun going into the fall yeah. here. Hopefully we'll have some Yeah, football. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want to introduce yourself a little more, Alan? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been coming here for yeah, about two years now. My family... Uh, my wife's Christina. She's a registered nurse, and then we have four kids: Addison, six, Aiden, four, Austin, three, and Amelia is about four months. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, four kids. So, four kids. And uh, you just started football season, so uh-huh. you must be real tired. Not yet. Um, tired of changing schedules, um, um, uh, but the tiredness comes when the games start, and I'll take it this year. So I'll be happy when those start. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you're you're real excited. So, um, what we're hoping to do in this podcast is talk uh, about your faith, about football, about how kind of your faith and football or coaching intersect a little bit. And uh, so, we should should have some fun with that. Uh, what got you uh, into football to begin with? You know, it goes all the way back. And I think you asked me the other day, when, when's my last fall with without football? I said, Well, I, I was in third grade because I started playing football in fourth grade. And, and I think I gave a testimony on, on Mother's Day, actually. I wanted to play um, football. and You know, my dad played football. Football is always big in our family, you know, watching the Buckeyes and stuff. It's always been big, you know. But I don't know when it clicked that I wanted to play. But it was my fourth grade year, and we didn't have football where I was living. And so my mom, you know, she's like, well, then we'll start it. You know, so my mom started it from ground zero, um, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, I, I mean – um, you know, I played it, you know, fourth grade until I was, you know, 22 years old. So, you know, was that, you know, I don't know, fourth grade, it was about eight, eight years old. So, um, and obviously still coaching it. So I haven't had a fall without football in 20 some odd years, you know, so hopefully this year isn't, ends that, doesn't end that streak. So it's always been a huge part of our family. My mom and dad, you know, have been Buckeye fans, big Browns fans, um, you know, so, it's always been in our family. My uncle played. You know, my uncle and my dad played on the same team, so it's just always been a big deal to our family. Yeah, it's awesome, and I love that your mom. Yeah, started the the Pee Wee Football League, or she did. Yeah. I mean, she she was the president of it for a long time. I mean, she's she's organized and um, you know driven, and she just yeah. I remember my the head coach I played for. You know, he was still the head coach when I started at youth, and he was. I remember the story my mom telling me like when she met him. He was like, you started youth football? Like you? you yeah. Know? And she's like, yeah, I did. You know, that's just kind of how she is. You know, she just, uh, yeah, it's a cool thing, you know, to for that. And my dad coached me all the way through probably till junior high. So it's just always been a big deal to us. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And one of the things that you didn't mention and I didn't mention at the uh, front end of the podcast and uh, probably should have is that you played for Kent State. Mm-hmm. So you played Division One football. Yeah. Um, had a scholarship to Kent State and got to play there. What was that like? Uh, you know, cool experience. Obviously, I, I, me being a coach now, I, I tell kids, you know, you played college football. You can speak on this too. You, the, the relationships you build, um, and I got some unique stories, but uh, that's cool. The connections you'll never get. Uh, and then the other thing is a student. You know, you, you got extra tutors. You got extra eyes on you. You got extra thing. I mean, it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all good things. So, with the matter of Division One, 
which is a small percentage of us, Division Two, small percentage, right? But I, if you can go play and you want to go play, I don't care the level. You're going to get something out of it. You're going to get a, in a relationship that can better you throughout your whole life, uh, a connection that might better you through your whole life. So I just, so that's what I got out of most of it. Obviously, playing against obviously some of the top athletes in the world, um, competing against Ohio State, Alabama's, Penn State's, Iowa State. I mean, that's a cool experience going to play yeah. at those venues, seeing those places. Um, you know, you see them on TV, but to go and play there and experience that's always again experiences that I can, you know, tell people. But it, it was cool. Um, you know, challenging, but very good, very rewarding. And obviously, as I get into the podcast here, it's got just it was a life changer for me going there. Um, you know, I had other scholarship offers to go other places, and you know, it was the Lord leading me there, even though I didn't know the Lord at the time. Um, you know, because I could go to went to Akron, some other Mac schools, but I just thought they were they were that was the place I needed to go. Um, so just great experiences, great relationships. I still continue to this day. Um, can lean on a lot of my coaches still and, and ask either football questions, faith questions to them. So it's just a really huge part of my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I may come back to some uh, football experiences, but uh, talk about when you came to faith or started to really take your faith serious. You got a kind of cool story. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess most people when they get to that level, I guess, I don't know, if, I don't want to speak for other people, but I think of just my time at Kent State, everybody that goes there thinks they're going to go to the NFL. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was naive to think that probably. You know, I played some, you know, as a freshman, I played a lot and, and things, so I guess you can think that if you got guys that played, you know, after you or before you that were going and you're right in there in the mix of them, you can mm. say, okay, that could be me. Um, again, football was very important to my family leading up and, you know, the success we had and, you know, um, sports has always been a big deal. So I would say football was my God. Um, it, it was, you know, never like overly unhealthy, but it was something that really drove me, which was got me to where I was. But so, you know, started as a freshman, started as a sophomore and going into my junior year, again, it's, it's kind of an odd story. They, they moved my position from slot receiver, which I started, you know, 20-some-odd games in a row, to, to running back, which, you know, again, to this day, I don't know why. that we, we, we had really good running backs there. So it just really didn't make sense to me. But anyways, I just did what I was supposed to do and was asked to do. Um, you know, but just, you know, so just remember going through camp and just, you know, my had back issues. And, and, and actually that winter, so leading into my junior year, that winter – we were a couple of my teammates and I were on our way to workouts, and it was a very snowy morning. And um, you know, colleges don't shut down, uh, yeah. especially when you have workouts at five or six a.m. They're not shutting down that early, so the, the the roads were very slick, and we were late. And you know, our strength coach at the time was very drill sergeant esque. Like, if you're a second late, you're you're really paying for it. So we were going a little little too fast, and we got in a, a wreck. And um, you know, I, I I was in the back seat, not strapped in, and my my a teammate had a Land Rover, and I broke through the glass. And but like what stopped me from going out of the car, and I was not the hubcap. I don't know what you even call, it, but it you know it, it stemmed me, it stopped me cold. Hmm. Um, again, probably saved my life potentially because I know we were in some woods, so I don't know what would have happened. But uh, um, that started my back having issues. Hmm. But I really started experiencing that junior year, switching to running back. As you know, you're taking more hits than at receiver, and yeah. um, I just remember one practice taking a hit, and it just I was very stiff, had pain down my leg, um, but I just kept practicing. It was just I felt like I was fighting for my job and yeah. at that time. I'm like, 
and fighting for my idol and fighting for my NFL career. So I didn't say anything until like one morning I really just couldn't even get up straight. And I had to tell the, the trainers and, you know, make a long story short, I got tests and stuff, tests and stuff. And, and, and I have three fractured in my vertebrae, my lower back. So it was like at that time, you know, I'm like, okay, it's no big deal. It's a fracture, you know, but you know, and you're, you can't, you can't just fix that. I mean, yeah. you do surgery, but your your career and the doctor, I mean, this is where it kind of, I was at rock bottom, and again, it's as sad as it is, but it just was rock bottom for me, you know, sitting there, my mom and dad in the training room, okay, my head, my head coach right there, and, the, and the, the, the team doctor saying, look, you're probably not going to be able to come back from this. I remember him telling me that, and I was like, I started to cry, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm crying in front of everybody, I'm just, you know what I mean, I just, yeah. that really, that's when it hit me for the first time, I'm like, man, I might be done. I tried to come back, it just never could happen, um, so... You know, so that's where it kind of started with me. So I'm basically rock bottom in terms of just who am I? My identity was in this. You know, I'm a good person, but like, what am I without this? And what are people going to think of me back home without small, football? Without football, yeah. Like, who am I? You know, so I remember laying and this again, this laying down in the training room because at that time I couldn't really do much. I was just laying down in the training room, and our uh, our coach at Kent State was a believer. Obviously, I didn't know at the time, but he was a believer. And he had some campus ministers at practice every day. Again, I don't know these people. But I'm laying in there by myself. And one of our campus ministers walks into the training room to just check on me. I didn't know who the guy is. I'm surprised he knew my name. But, you know, introduced himself. And huge guy. He's like 6'5". Yeah. Huge guy. Played college basketball years ago. Um and he handed me a book, and I hated reading, yeah. by Tony Dungy, yeah. called Uncommon. I think I have it somewhere behind you. I'm there, sure you do. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I've read all, uh, all of his books now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave me the book, and he just, you know, was there for me. And just, you know, and I, I, obviously, I read the book. And, and um, it just started. That's the – he planted the seed. And I started meeting with him. And, you know, and, and I was struggling, obviously. And I'm uh-huh. basically having the conversation, like, hey, I don't know who I am. And – he introduced Jesus to me and who Christ is. And, you know, we – growing up, it wasn't like it was a foreign language to me, but it wasn't anything that we modeled at home. We, we were a good moral home but not a Christian home. Um, and, you know, I just – it was what I needed yeah. to lose football because I don't know if I would have – again, NFL is kind of eye-rolling to think about, but whatever. But if I would have kept trying and playing and who knows, it's like I, I needed that. As hard as it was at the time – you know, it was, it was my rock bottom, and sometimes it, it takes people to get there. I, I know part of what we want to do is not let people get to that point to yeah. experience Jesus and stuff, but that was what going there. I, I just needed, you know, to, to be under a, a Christian head coach who mm-hmm. now I, I take some of his same sayings. Like, you can't – I tell my players, you can't do this life on your own. Yeah. Just different ways to – because you can't shove it down their throat, but there's different ways what you can do. Um, it was just what I needed. Um, it was difficult, but, you know, he that's when it kind of started my faith journey. You know, really losing football kind of started it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I know that was – that's just a hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, something, like you said, you've been doing since you were in the third grade, and all of a sudden it's gone. And you were good at it, and you liked it, and you loved it. Yeah. You enjoyed it, and then, yeah, who are you apart from a football, football. player, you know, in football? Yeah. Uh, and so that's – that's just awesome that they had that ministry there for you and you were able to um, uh, be impacted by that in the mm-hmm. way that you were. Um, and so you had you had that experience 
um, where you kind of came to faith through being right at rock bottom, which is not uncommon at all, yeah. right? And trying to co- figure mm-hmm. out like who you are and all of those sorts of things um, and knew, all right, your football career as far as a player is pretty much over once you jack up your back. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to play with mm-hmm. bad back. Like yeah. you don't have, if you don't have knees or a back, like football is pretty yeah, much. That'll do it. Pretty, yeah, football is pretty much over. Yeah, that generally does it. For the most part. Other injuries you can got to work around a little bit. Those two are, are pretty bad, if, especially if they linger. Um, but you didn't. Obviously, football wasn't over. Uh, you decided you wanted to become a coach. Uh, and so now you've you've got all this experience uh, playing football. And uh, so you decided to become a coach. What made you decide to become a coach? So, again, having a conversation with my college head coach. And so when I got hurt, I didn't lose my scholarship. It was a football-related thing. I didn't quit or anything. So they said, your, your scholarship's going to be honored. You know, what do you want to do in terms of what are you getting your degree in? You know, what do you want to do after this? And I said, well, I'm going to be an education major. I want to go into teaching. Um, and, you know, at that time I didn't think about – I mean, I'm sure coaching was in my future. But, it did, again, I wasn't thinking. I was thinking NFL or, or whatever, continue my football career. Well, then he asked, like, do you want to get into coaching? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, look, you know, I I want you to come on as a student assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Um learn the game he goes you know you think as a player you know a lot about the game mm-hmm. and then when you come to this side and it's kind of crazy he had a very similar experience hurt his knee in college got it to be a student assistant so yeah. it just he, he he kind of saw something in me potentially and he said like you're gonna learn a lot about the game mm-hmm. and you can do everything with us you know you can here's what your role is gonna be how do you how do you feel about it and I was like yeah I mean it was and obviously he was right. You think I thought, you think as a player you know everything about the game, and my goodness, I go to the other side. I'm like, wow, I knew nothing about the game. Yeah. Um, and so learned a ton. Uh, learned a ton of football. Learned a ton about everything. You know, so I got to you know travel with the team still and go to different venues still and and be on the sidelines with a headset and you know signal and stuff to the quarterbacks. We were a no huddle team. So um, again, those experiences like then it prepared me then to you know catapult into the high school maybe at a younger age than than most um to kind of head coach or leadership roles mm-hmm. because of that experience i yeah. got to learn you know from top-notch coaching against top with top-notch players and it was just um a great thing again for somebody who wanted to do that it was awesome and i did want to be a college coach honestly it was like okay i see this all right i want to coach the the, the at the highest level right yeah to be the urban meyer nick sabins right like that's you know in the competitor in me but then uh-huh. you know Christine and I met or got, you know, dating, and it's like, okay, I can see this getting pretty serious. And I don't I don't think uh, she's going to want to move to every place. You know, yeah. you look at Nick Saban, if you want to make to where they go, they got to move about 10, 12 times before they get to that. You know, families, um, you know, my family and I are very close, and, and her family, was, so it was kind of one of them things where, again, I got back to the high school realm. And, again, he helped me make that decision. The coach, he's like, if I had to do it all over again, because money's running the NCAA now. I get into yeah. high school to impact those kids. So, obviously, he you know, was a huge part of my faith and then, you know, coaching and then making the decision to go into high school. Yeah. 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 So, you're your high school coach now. Um, you've, you know, you've obviously been trained uh, to be a coach with your time at Kent State. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thankful for those coaches and that experience. So, now you've got all of these young men. Uh, that you get to influence, mentor, coach, teach about football and life. How do you, because uh, you're a public school school teacher, 
or and coach. So how do you um, uh, incorporate your faith into coaching? Yeah, honestly, I take a lot of the principles that my coach at Kent State did um, because he didn't shove it down our throat, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's really how I met you uh, when I was at Talmadge. You know, having people on the sidelines, people part of the program, faith part of the program. You know, we, you know, like that kind of thing, um, because it changed my, he modeled it, you know, and again, um, so having you guys at practices or different people at practice and then team meals, having you guys kind of leave a devotion um, that guys can go to if they choose to. We had that at Kent State, devotions and FCA, obviously, and those type of things. Um, But me personally, you know, I, I and I tell the coaches the same thing. You know, we we you can still model it. Um, you know, and I tell the guys you can't do this life on your own. You know, I know you're talented, big, strong guys, but at some point you're gonna. I do. Um, you know, I don't. I, I you know, there's things that I, I you know I don't shove it down their throat, but I definitely. Um, it's why I coach. It's a ministry to me. It's my purpose to to help these young men. But mm-hmm. you know, how, that's how I incorporate faith into the program. We call, you know, I lead a real-life Thursday talk during the season th- that never talk about football-related stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I talk about life and, and how, you know, just different things, finances, everything. It's it, it's my time to kind of talk about life with those guys, not football-related. Um, and You know, I bring up different things there, um, you know. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just try to make sure they know that, that, that I love them and um, – there's, you know, again, we, we don't as coaches. We, you know, you've been to our practices and you know how I coach. Again, not that this is a, you know, but the uh-huh. kids make this a big deal every year that we don't swear at them. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, you know, again, I get it. You know, it's a, but yeah. it just, they notice something different, mm-hmm. you know, and especially when I, was, when I came to Kent, they noticed that right off the bat that we do our best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and I, you know, make sure I don't do that to them. And I, you know, and, and again, I just try to do that because then it leads into conversation. Yeah, if they come willingly in conversation, then it's an open door for me to do. But just just being there for them and connecting with them outside of football. You know, I have the the kids over at my house. Um, I feed them. You know, I see how they're doing. You know, those type of things that you can do to to welcome them into your home. I think is huge as a coach, especially at this age of they're trying to look and who knows what they have at home. You know, so those are the type of things that I've taken from Kent State that I put into our program that brings faith into it. Um, where you have to, you have to be careful a little bit, but uh, you know it's kind of the principles that we do on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I've been a part in Talmadge when you were coaching at Talmadge of the scholarship committees over there, and so at the end of the year at Talmadge, all these students write all these essays about their life and all these sorts of things, and then they have community leaders come in, and they, we have to read yeah. all these essays and. Uh, I think I actually shared, I don't know if I shared the student with you because I don't know if I was really at liberty to share the student with you, but one of the students wrote about your real-life Thursdays yeah. and how much that impacted him and how that cool. was um, one of those things that he, he just will never forget, and I really appreciated it. really appreciated it. Uh, you know, teaching these these young men to be men yeah. is an important thing and, and being able to uh, – be a Christian in front of them is very important. I know, like, public schools, you're kind of always doing that dance sometimes, depending sure. on the school and the school district. Yeah, sure. Uh, but you can certainly you – don't, you don't have to leave your faith behind, Absolutely. obviously, once you yeah. walk into the school or become yeah. a coach or, or whatever. And so I appreciate how you have done that and even how you have allowed people like me mm-hmm. and uh, other pastors to be a part of your programs and, uh, you know, a lot of people in our church are from the Talmadge area or even Talmadge. I know Mike Hay 
does that as well mm-hmm. here in Talmadge. So I'm really just thankful for that. And, um, I'm glad that, that you do that. And you take your faith serious enough to say, like, okay, like it's not God over here, football over here. Like it's this is who I am. And that you, you get, know? you know, again, yeah. you do get that from football coaches yeah. um, that are believers, you know, again, nobody's perfect, so you're mm-hmm. not – I'm not trying to do that. But, like, you know, Tony Dungy's books, Why number one, I like – I always like reading it, but his, his – but also he being a, a, an NFL coach – and if you ever watched him on the sidelines and watched him, he modeled it, yeah. you know, at the highest level. So yeah. don't tell me that a high school coach mm-hmm. can't model it when he's at that highest level. And, you know, but, again, you know, that's – again, he again I've never met him, but he's a mentor to me where he knows it or not to the, mm-hmm. because of how – you know, and he brings it up in his books that he really tried to, you know, always make sure he never got, you know, used language with the players and just mm-hmm. – Talked to him respectfully and, and never got too high or too low. And, and yeah, it's difficult. He did yeah. a great job. He yeah. did better than me sometimes. Yeah. Like, he'd sometimes he'd just go high or low. Like, uh-huh. you know, he, he, I think it was his book, but uh, Christine always brings it up to me. Uh-huh. I always try to put in my hat act medium. Because uh-huh. you want to act medium, especially, you know, people are always watching you and, and stuff. And sometimes I don't do a great job of that, I'm yeah. sure. But he really modeled it. And it was just a good, he's, again, a testimony for him to, a testament to him to yeah. be able to do it at that level. You know, it, it, mo- it modeled that you can do it. But, again, yeah. I've been around coaches that faith Christians, but they, you know, when they, it's on the football field, it's not the same. Yeah. And I just, again, right, wrong, or indifferent, I want it to be genuine all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think – the interesting thing about Coach Dungy, I assume that he is probably, like, medium all the time. Like, that's his temperament, right? Yeah, tr- probably. So, yeah, and so probably I think right. it's probably a little easier it for is. him. Like, and, yeah. And, I mean, my, like, personally, after – uh, from playing football for years myself um, – uh, having coaches like the the levels of their voice didn't ever really tell me whether or not they were a Christian, but typically the language coming out absolutely because you know I love coaches that mm-hmm. would yell at me and get pumped up and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, and uh, I was perfectly fine with it, really whether they were cussing at me or not. Um, but you could tell the ones that like okay, this they're coach, doing it for the right reason. They're, they're, they're coach, yelling at you for yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're yelling at you for the right reason. But okay, this guy is yelling at me, but he's watching his language as he does. Yeah, um, yeah. And this guy's yelling at me. He's not, which is fine, right? We live. We don't. I, my expectation is not for everybody to be a Christian. Um, yeah. I would like them to be. Yeah, like, that's, right. That's the goal. Yeah. But like you know, growing up being coached by different coaches, like you understand, like yeah. this person's standards might be different than mine yep and his job is to make me a better football player the best he can and if I, i'm not going to hold him to the same standards i, right. would, I would hold myself now sure. as a head football coach you can hold obviously yeah uh assistance and stuff yeah. to certain standards and all mm-hmm. those sorts of things but i know as a player like that was not that was not my job right or or my place and my place was to be as good as i could be under their their coaching um, but, uh, so I don't know. I just say that to like, don't beat yourself up if you're, well, you know, and I think it's important yeah. to, you know, uh-huh. when you're building a staff as you, you know, I, I try to be even keel, but you do need guys yeah. that are a little bit loud and stuff. Yeah. It's not my nature, but you do need it. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's, it's just, you know, balancing personalities, right? It's, you don't want everybody to kind of be the same, you yeah. know, or, you know, you want, you don't want everybody to be loud all the time. Everybody be not, you know, you need yeah. that. So you need the balance. It just, I generally try to find somebody on the opposite side of the ball. That's a little bit loud yeah because i'm generally not generally you yeah know? so that's it, it is it's, it's a balance that i'm sure he needed to fill his staff meaning tony dungy he needed you could have everybody like him because yeah. it'd be kind of i'm sure it'd be the kids the guys would be like okay this is boring or, yeah you know we need some excitement around here so yeah. yeah you're absolutely right yeah 
Well, that's cool. I just I love football. Um, so here's a, a question for you. So high school football. I mean, it's still big. Like it's still big in our state. Uh, years. Ago, I've been reading studies and stuff. Especially our state has been hit. I should have turned that phone off. Hopefully, Brenda will get it. Um, our state uh, has been hit. Um, pretty hard as far as numbers are concerned, like mm-hmm. people playing football. Um, and uh, why do you think that is? Well, everybody will say concussions. Um, and that that very well might have been the case early on, and it might be somewhat of the case mm-hmm. still. But I think, and again, I, maybe this is the football coach in me, it's um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not, you can't change football. It's going to be hard. Um, and But a lot of our kids and don't want to do things that are hard and people at home don't push them to do things that are hard. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just don't. And I, that's what I think the issue is. Um, me personally, again, I, I don't know. I haven't taken a, a poll, but it's just, it just, it's just, it's football what, too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's football too hard. Yes or no. It's yeah. like, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. you know, and it's just not pushed at home to, 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 to do things like that or, and you know, I, I, I just, you know, obviously being a coach, like I just see, and it's been, it is harder to motivate. It is harder to get kids to just be, you know, have the great worth work ethic and, and just, you know, work hard all the time and stuff. And, you know, that kind of thing. It is, I've seen that difference in my coaching career there. It's, you get less and less of those kids. Um, you're mentally tough kids, you're physically tough, you know, all those things you, you, you get one or the other. It's just, that that's what I see is because they but because you don't get a lot of the kids that are not required to do it. Um, so that's why I think it's coming down. Mm-hmm. It's just because it's hard. Yeah. And do you think that's the most difficult thing as a coach right now is to get people out to play and then motivate them to work hard to play? Or are there other things that are more difficult than that as a coach? You know, maybe when I'm in it longer and I see, you know, I've been in a couple schools where, you know, there has been numbers concerned and there hasn't. The biggest thing is just, you know, for for us is the motivation part of just getting the kids motivated and doing the right things and, you know, being on time. Like that kind of stuff is always, to me, is the hardest thing. And, you know, trying to, you know, get them to adhere to certain standards that you want. Like that's always been the most difficult thing for, for me. Um, but it's But it probably goes hand in hand, though, if you're not going to work hard you know, or you don't really want to work hard, you don't have a great attitude about it, well, it's because, you know, maybe do you really want to play football? You know, you can't hide it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's yeah. where it's one of the things. I've had multiple conversations with kids. Like, I don't even think you want to play. Do you really want to play? And they're like, I think maybe they're doing it because somebody at home wants to do it, but it's like, you can't hide. Yeah. That's a sport you can't hide. Like, yeah. there's other sports, I'm not going to mention them on the podcast, that you can go <laughs> hide and do them, right? Because yeah. they're not just that, they're not – they're not physically demanding, mentally demanding. There's, yeah. That's why I think it's the greatest sport. It's, there's so many demands that it requires out of you, teamwork, selflessness. All the sports in other areas, they require some of those things, mm-hmm. but not all of those things. Yeah. I think football requires all of those things, mm-hmm. and that's why it's a, the greatest sport preparator for life because you're going to find all those things in life. And, and that's just why I do it, and that's why I think everybody should play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's going to get you ready. Yeah. You know, it's just going to. Um, and I try to tell the kids that. You're you're playing a sport that's going to get you ready. Um, but then, you know, again, some kids just still the mo- the lack of motivation and, and, and that kind of stuff has always been the, the most difficult thing. And dealing with personalities. Yeah. And you're dealing with, you know, personalities of kids, different homes, different backgrounds, um, especially the place I'm coaching at now. Talmadge wasn't so much like that, but the place I'm coaching at now – lot of that so you're juggling that and Mm -hmm. not every kid likes to be 
I guess, yelled at right away. Mm-hmm. People like to be brought in and talked to, or some kids can take it right away yeah. and some kids can't. And this way this guy gets motivated and, you know, figuring that out is also part of coaching. Like, okay, this is how this guy kid gets motivated or this how he – what makes him tick, if you will. you got to press those buttons. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, again, a challenging thing. Um how to deal with people. It yeah. teaches you how to deal with people. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Well, that's yeah. what the sport does, too. Yeah. That's why it's, it's, again, that's why it's huge, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing about coaching or about high school football? The, the yeah. ki- Just the kids. I mean, the, the I know it, it sounds crazy. It's the season, and I know my wife would be like, holy crap, really? You feel that way? <laughs> or, like, I love the season yeah. because the preparation on a daily, like, I know it's, it's, it's really difficult. Um, on coaches, it's really difficult at every level. If you want to do it right, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it, the the process is what I love, and doing the process with people, the kids, the coaches, and molding into like, every year is a different year, but you're molding something. Um, but just being around them on a six day a week basis, and getting to have that impact on them for that amount of time is what I love about it the most. Obviously, I love to compete. Um, I wouldn't do it. That's part of why people still coach is because it's the closest thing to playing. Um, so I still get the pregame jitters. I, you know, I, I take it very serious. But it, it doesn't go beyond the relationship you build with the kids, you know, uh, you know, after a three-month period. And now you have lifelong relationships with them. So that's what I love about it the most. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you, you love it and you're into it and you get intense. I remember was it last year? It was two years ago. I was on the sideline, and it was a back call. So <laughs> See, you know, I, I don't even remember this. that. I love this. I was on the sideline, and I was coaching <laughs> freshman at the time too, but obviously like uh, still the varsity team chapel. Should be telling and people it was, that. It was an awful call. I mean, it was – I sure forget was. what it was, but he missed, something. He missed something like right in front of him. It was yeah. really blatant, and we were right there. And I was even kind of behind the line. I just yelled, you know, right, look at that. He's holding right. Like it's yeah, huge. Yeah, like yeah. It, was, it was just so blatant. And uh, I think there was, there was – you already had like a sideline warning. Probably. Or, or something like that, or somebody had. And you just turned around and said, get back, I'm coaching. <laughs> and then you started yelling at all your other assistant coaches, too. Yeah. But uh, it was it was pretty fun. I mean, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll shut up. Well, um, but, yeah, people uh, at home, and you get yeah. one warning, and then after yeah. that you get a 15-yard penalty. And yeah. I think it's probably a critical part of the game. Yeah, oh, I, I'm with you. I, I, I hate 15-yard penalties yeah, yeah. for stupid stuff. So yeah. I used to we, – we didn't get them too often in high school, but in college we had some guys who – It'd be like, it'd be like third and long, or fourth and long, or something, and they would say something or do something to get a fifteen yard penalty, and I, I, I it doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it drove me nuts. Yeah, it's like we just they were they were they punting. Hard. Yeah, it worked like, hard. Yeah, to give them the yeah. punt. Yeah, they were, they were punting. Yeah, and we just gave them a first down. Discipline. <laughs> yeah, that's another. I mean, you got to be disciplined to win the game. Yeah. You got to be disciplined to do that stuff, and that's another thing it teaches you is discipline. And yeah. when you're when you're mad. Or when you something doesn't go your way, and when you're tired, or some you know teaches you discipline, yeah, mental toughness, and that's what you're going to need later on, you know. So I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's uh, just, it's so the sport is so good at teaching so many different life lessons, and I know I've I've just been really thankful for it. And man, I always miss it during the fall. I tell people all the time I miss football every year, um, and uh, so. Get to scratch the itch a little bit this year, coaching middle school potentially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we have football, right? Um, but uh, yeah, it's just so many good lessons to come with it. Now, here's uh, some talk about since we just I just kind of brought it up uh, with just like maybe thinking about whether or not we even get to coach middle school. How? What's going on with COVID? Is high school football even going to happen? 
I, I think you get this from even our leaders in our world. It's nobody knows. Um, every day is different. I can check my phone when we get out of here, and it could be canceled. Seriously, that's how fast this yeah. can go. Or they can say, you know what, we're actually going to do it now. Every school is treating it differently. Um, you know, we have been fortunate enough that they're going to just play it like week to week. You know, in terms of like, games and practices and stuff. So we're preparing to play. There's other schools that aren't. Um, it's just hard to tell. It really is. I, I know they're what what we've been hearing is they're keeping that they're giving us the okay to go. There's a plan in place because if we kick the ball off week one, you know, here's what the protocols are going to be on the bus, the locker rooms, the the halftime. Seriously, there's the quarters, the stoppages, how many stoppages there are. I guess more clarification on the quarters thing. Like it's it's they got a serious thing and they approved it. So I, they're heading in that direction. It's just going to be where the case is at. In, you know, in our surrounding area, maybe in Ohio, but in our surrounding area, come end of August, yeah, and that'll determine where we at that week. And then I think it'll be a week to week thing, because you know, every school district may not play. Like we have a couple of teams in our league that are on our schedule early on that we're probably not going to play because they're not they're not going to play until October. Mm-hmm. So all that it's it, it's really a mess. I'm I'm an organized guy, structured guy, and week to week drives me nuts but it does give our kids the best chance to play as many games as we can yeah awesome yeah you just talked about the quarter the quarters thing Are so you i thought they're going to change the quarters to yeah. six eight minute quarters if they're not doing that it's going to be four 12 minute quarters still but they're going to it's basically like a tv timeout mm-hmm. every six minutes of of uh, like of, so first quarter of the six minute mark timeout. okay sanitized you know whatever yeah. and the, you know you're basically getting three extra timeouts if you will uh-huh. per game yeah essentially you get your own three each half yeah. but then you get first or you get four actually your first quarter second quarter third quarter fourth quarter at the six minute mark is going to be a mandatory timeout mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of what that is so i don't think they're changing the quarters which i thought they were going to do but they're just it's all about the cdc release the 15 minute continuous contact yeah i guess what greatly increases your chance of getting this so they're yeah. really trying to limit the 15 minutes of consistent. But, again, okay. like we go to the huddle and then we yeah. go there. So it's not continuous, but it's, yeah. you know. So I know they're doing their best. Yeah. And, and, and the proposal was great. And they approved uh-huh. this whole proposal. So it's good. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to happen. But it's just, again, it could change by the day. Okay. You know. Um, here's a question for you. I always wondered this because, you know, you played Division One football. You were actually on TV and all that fun stuff. Played Division Three, so it's – college but differently different completely different um what was what were tv timeouts like like did that mess with momentum or anything i mean i can see early in the season it's actually kind of nice because it's hot and you're playing on saturdays i remember first starting to play in the middle of the day on saturday and like cramping like crazy when i first started doing that and hated it um but was that well because when they do the tv timeouts you can see the guy in the sidelines coming out so you know you're gonna have one or not But it's generally like after a kickoff or after a punt, so you're uh-huh. generally already switching momentum, kind of. Mm-hmm. They generally don't on a drive as you're driving do a TV yeah. timeout. You know, what I mean, whether that well, the team might take a timeout or uh-huh. somebody might get injured, that's different. So it doesn't really do it too much. It, it gives you some extra time yeah. to communicate in things and um, talk about things. So I mean, I didn't really ever feel that. Like basketball, yeah. when your team's going to run, a coach will call a 30-second timeout to slow the momentum. Mm-hmm. Football coaches don't do that. You yeah. don't have that many timeouts at your, at yeah. your leisure, and you want to save those. So it kind of doesn't – the TV timeouts generally are the time where the, the it's already – momentum's already kind of – the ball's transitioning, punt, kickoff type of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they can be, depending on the TV, so if you're playing – 
like at Ohio State or somewhere, their their TV timeouts are longer. Yeah. Versus a Mac school, Akron versus Kent, it just seemed like the TV timeouts were as long. <laughs> the so, commercial, they didn't have, yeah. have as many commercials right. to play beforehand. Because they're not having as many people watch, yeah. right? So they need a little bit more time. So that that's yeah. kind of what I did notice. Yeah. Because the TV timeouts were longer, yeah. the bigger the team you played or the bigger yeah. the event you played at. When you notice, mm-hmm. like if you go to an Ohio State game or whatever, Sometimes you're sitting there and you're going, oh, like, this TV timeout is going on forever. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered, like, I wonder what this does to the players. Like, coaches, obviously, they're coaching. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I just wondered what it did to, like. It, yeah, it's never had I guess you mind. could probably get used to it. Yeah. But you, still. Yeah. yeah. Never had it, never thought in my mind, like, man, this is really hurting our momentum here. Just because uh-huh. there's always so much strategy in football, too. You're yeah. always getting talked to. So, it, like, it probably goes so, so fast in your mind that you don't even. So, yeah, you're probably, I guess you're right. You're yeah. probably into it trying to think, okay, yeah. like, well, if they do this or they do yeah. this or here's, here's how we're going to execute this. Yeah. yeah. It's not just standing around waiting. It probably would be that way if you're just standing around waiting, but generally that's not the case. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I could have said just for fun, so people maybe would have stuck around if they're <laughs> listening to this, is you were Julian Edelman's roommate. I, w- I was. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Uh, Obviously, we're not gossiping, but what was that like? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he uh, is. I mean, yeah. people, if if you know who he is, you see yeah. him on TV. He's a competitor. Yeah. yeah. So that does that is who he is. I yeah. mean, he's the ultra competitive guy. Um, and I think I'm competitive, but I just I guess I know how to turn it on and off. Where yeah. the guys like him or Tom Brady, Michael uh-huh. Jordan, you hear stories that they never turn it off. I guess that what makes them great. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. Again. He takes it very serious. Um, yeah. He's competitive at everything he does. I don't care if it's football or just, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, rec basketball, he just wants to win. Uh, practice, he was very competitive. So that's, I mean, that was the, there's a lot of uh, things I could say about my experiences with him, but that's just what you take out of him. He's, yeah. And you love him or you hate him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just a guy like, man, he's, he, he's really likable, but then there's people that really don't like him because that's his personality. It's kind of like either you're going to fit to what I want or I'm not going to really like it. That's just kind of how he is. And, again, it probably helped him to get to where he is, you yeah. know, in, in his way. And he worked extremely hard. Nothing was, you know, given to him. He earned no, everything. No, he's not very big. No, obviously. he's not much bigger than me. I mean, yeah. he's he's just – he just worked tremendously hard, and he's mm-hmm. ultra competitive. Um, and, you know, maybe that kind of st- – I benefited from that a little bit to see. Yeah. But I probably benefited like, man – you're a little bit nuts, you know, like you're a little bit nuts. Like you can take it down a notch. Like it is okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, geez, I hope I'll never like that. Cause just everything, it kind of gets, when you're around it every day, it gets like, okay. Yeah. But when you're in around it sporadically, it's probably not too yeah. bad. But, um, but that's kind of why I roomed with him. It, it, not many people, you know, wanted to. It's just where it was. <laughs> it's it just, intense. Yeah, it's yeah, just, just intense. intense and it's time, like, yeah. who can take it? I'm like, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. I think I agreed to like doing it. I could take it. Yeah. Um, it was going into his senior year, so I knew I only had like a half of a year with it. Yeah. Because he was, I think he was already, because he was a junior college. So I think he was already graduated, so he was taking like two classes to be eligible. Yeah. So, and then he was going to be gone. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can manage this, you know, yeah. type of thing. So, um, you know, we don't stay in overly close contact. He's a professional. He's a celebrity, and I'm, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But, you know, we'll touch base once or twice a year, once yeah. or twice every two years to just say hey and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That's my experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know, uh, and this is, you know... I'll just tell you, right, I thought this first time, too. Uh, when you, you spoke at FCA uh, at Talmadge High School and you're talking about NFL, I'm, like, looking at you and go, like, he's awful small to be thinking about the NFL. Because <laughs> yeah, you and I right. are similar size. Like, you're probably a little bigger. Like you're you, right. you carry, no, you're you carry right. more weight than I do naturally, I think. Um, but I was thinking, like, 
and and you know, like even playing college football myself a little bit at the Division three level, or even in high school, people always say like, "Oh, well, Josh, you're real small." <laughs> Which is you really love hearing that, don't you? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like it kind of makes you put a chip on it, but thanks, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so, like, yeah, you you try to it keeps you humble, but um, also, I guess if you're a small person, you like to play football, you better play with a chip on your shoulder a little bit. You won't make it, um, or you right. won't make it, yeah, right? You, you better be it. pretty tough, or yeah. you just won't make it. Um, but uh, one of the things that you know I discovered um, you're pretty fast. So you get like well, second to state in 100. Your dad yeah. told me you're 40, 40 time. I, he might have been lying to me, but I don't think he was. Um, Parents Jill maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wins in a race? You or Julian? Not now, but then. Then I did. Yeah. In like uh, a 40, then. Yeah. But he was so. There Shifty is a difference between fast and, and quick. quick. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. He's quicker. Yeah. So, I mean, like straight ahead speed, I would beat him. But side to side, I think he actually has the combine, not the combine, he didn't invite it, but the pro shuttle record. Wow. You know, for the pro shuttle, which, I mean, yeah. I think it's up there, like to one of the top ever. Yeah. So he can quickness, his side to side lateral quickness is um, obviously was made him really good. Um, you know, that's what made me be able to play at that level is mm-hmm. I can run straight ahead fast. I mean, that's yeah. just what it was. If I. If I couldn't, there'd be no way, you know, yeah. just because you just you're dealing with guys that are my much bigger than me that can run just as well as me. That's when you're playing against the Ohio States, the Alabamas, like mm-hmm. they run just as fast, and they're six foot two twenty. Yeah, like they're much bigger. That's yeah. why they're there, yeah. and that's why I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so and that's what made Julian probably end up at Kent State. You know, mm-hmm. he's not big, and he played quarterback, believe it or not. He can, but you know, that's just kind of how it works. You know, but then it creates that natural chip on your shoulder and stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, hey. Um, but that's that's Julian. That's our story. That's kind of how, um, and that's where he's at. I give him a lot of credit because he just. Wor- I know he works extremely hard. He takes it very serious. Yeah, you know. You know I know that. Yeah, he yeah. seems to be very um, uh, intent on taking care of his body and, yeah. and doing all those sorts of things. Uh, so that's this. I just figured it'd be a good story for yeah. people to, yeah. to hear. Um, and pretty fun. Um, what uh, what are your hopes for Kent this year? We play. That's number one. Yeah. Um, because I like where the team's going. Um, you know, you look out there at practice. You know, I've been coaching for a number of years now. You know, um, biggest thing for us is we got to continue to be disciplined, to work on our attitudes every day, to, to take care of the little things because we have the talent. And you know, you're looking out there the other day in practice, and I'm like, man, we got weapons and we got size and we got things that you, you, that you know that you need in our league to be successful. I've been in this league, this conference now for eight or nine years. But I was an assistant in this conference before I came a head coach in this conference. And I just know what it takes. So you're looking out there, you go, man, like, I, I think we have talent, speed, size, the things that you kind of you also do need. But do we have the, the, the leadership, the dedication, the attitude, the consistency, and all that stuff? The, are we strong enough? Like, those are the questions that are still to be determined. Other than, number one, have a season. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know. That's. I just want to see it though also flourish because I, I the kids have been working hard and they've been really pretty dedicated this summer and adhering to all the different guidelines that we have to. They've been pretty good with it and mm-hmm. they're at it. They're, it is much better, but you know just continuing to I, what I see is good, but it needs to continue to go. Um, so I'm not. I'm not putting any because it's so crazy. I just want to play games, but you know our league. Our goals are always to win the league and be in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and when you win our, if you win our league, you're in the playoffs. So yeah. It's really just win the league. Um, but obviously with the league, who knows who's going to be in and out, that's where it gets a little bit challenging. And 
and things. But, uh, you know, I like where everything's going. But, you know, and you just got to – the thing we talked about today is the staff. It's, it's also, you know, if kids get sick during the season, you know, we don't have 100 kids where we're two or three deep at every position. You know, we could yeah. lose a kid for two weeks at pretty critical positions and not get injured, but it's just part of the what we've got, we got going on, and that would really drastically change the trajectory of our season because just a couple of kids get sick, and that's just part of it. Everybody's got to deal with it, but now you've got injury factor, which mm-hmm. you can't take that away from football, yeah. and you have the sickness factor. And then <laughs> we were talking today, both of our number one and two quarterbacks are both, all both really talented. They're brothers. Yeah. So if one of them gets sick, the other one's going to have to quarantine too no matter what. That's that's no matter what. That's yeah. the rule. Like the family has to quarantine. It's like, holy smokes, what yeah. are we gonna do? Yeah, yeah. You know, if like one of them gets sick and the other one's really not sick, but he has to quarantine, can't play. Yeah. It's like, holy smokes, like those are things we gotta think about. Like we better get a third guy ready because again, it's not just an injury; it's just a sickness. So yeah. like, it's it would be really rare to both of the kids be injured at the same time. And not that it was unheard of, but it'd be really. But the, well, sick, yeah. the sickness thing could be something that like. Man, I didn't even think of that. But yeah. and that's why every day it's something new. It's something you got to adjust. And that's part of the coaching thing too. It's like, man, you got to be, you know, you got to be flexible. But you got to; those are the type of things you got to think about now because you want to be out there on a Friday night and, or Thursday before a Friday night game, and they're both quarantined and they can't play. Yeah, and you don't have a plan. That's your job. You know, that's what look at the, co- the kids will be looking to you to make sure you have a plan. So that's yeah. why we got to get ready for that situation. Um, but I, I'm excited for the year. Just hopefully. We, we get to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you expect to be some of your better players this year? I mean, you know, we, our quarterback was first-team all-league kid. I mean, he should be there. Um, we had a couple kids move in from different schools that will help us mm-hmm. um, tremendously. Um, you know, but uh, at any level, you know football, high school, college, or pro, if you got a quarterback – you, you can be decent, mm-hmm. um, and he's first team all league kid that's back, um, and his brother's only a sophomore. His brother projection to be really good, and and mm-hmm. so, you know, but you got a key. You know, we, we lost some guys up front, but I like the attitudes of the kids that are behind him. They're not as big and they're not as experienced, but mm-hmm. their ethic and their mental toughness, and the, I like that yeah. part more than I like the, the kids that left. There's not. We, we lose two kids that are over about 6'2", 250. And at high school level, it's a pretty good-sized lineman. But the skill guys are pretty much all back, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part offensively. Secondary-wise, we, we were a little thin in terms of this experience. So, I mean, you got – there's a lot of good pieces. It would be, be different if you're looking at we have no quarterback, you know, we don't th- – yeah. those, are, those are harder questions to answer, you mm-hmm. know, especially in something like this when you don't have as much preparation time. It would be really bad if you're a new coach – and you're a new coach, and you know, or you're not a new coach, but you have a new quarterback. You're trying to get him involved. Yeah. Like it, that would be. But we're pretty seasoned in terms of him, and he played last year, and he knows what we're doing and things. So that helps. Um, so I just, you know, I think he's going to be a big thing in what we do. Um, and then the, we just got to get, you know, offensive line, a couple of those guys to grow up and and just get some game experience, and you just need to play and to get some people in the back end to see who can play for us and stuff that's kind of one of the, the the big things that we got to get figured out everything else yeah. is pretty set in stone man yeah that's that's good to hear i know um just looking at your team i've been around them a whole lot but just looking at them it's like hey it looks like he's got some players yeah you know so that's exciting and hopefully you'll get to play this year yeah i hope yeah. so yeah i told uh and i know we're almost done here i told uh i don't know if it helped but i, t- mm-hmm. I mean by my our administration again this is how important football is to me and especially the coaching it's it, uh, you know 
just thinking about it, I was a couple Sundays ago putting a practice plan together, and at that time I really didn't think it was going to happen. And I was just putting it together, knowing it might be all for nothing, mm-hmm. and I was struggling, like emotionally, mentally. Like I just, and I told Christina, and 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 this is how much it means to me. I'm going to be if we don't have football this year, I'm going to be probably pretty depressed. Like in just yeah. a, again, I'm a blessed person. Great, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things I'd be, th- but yeah. I am going to. There is going to be something missing. Yeah, because this is something I love to do. Mm-hmm. But I said, but imagine if you're 14 to 18 years old, you don't have a speck of what I got. Yeah. And this is taken from you. Yeah. What are you going to turn to? Yeah. And we can't even be around them. It'd be different if, I, I mean, I'll take, it would be crazy. The kids wouldn't like it. Like, yeah. we can't play any games, but we could still be with, like, we couldn't even be around them. Like, that's another aspect of this thing that yeah. worries me. Yeah. I'm glad as a school we're treating it like that serious because that worries me for our kids. And I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not going to be the same this mm-hmm. fall. Again, like I said, like, these kids – what are they going to turn to if yeah. they can't have this stuff? It's a big part of your life, your senior football season or your senior volleyball season or your yeah. senior homecoming. Those are like milestone things in your life that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just remember. I remember my senior year of football. I don't yeah. remember like my freshman year of football very much, but you remember yeah. your senior year. You remember your senior homecoming. Like, those are things you do remember yeah. probably for a long time. Yeah. And that worries me, you know, about for our kids and, and kids in general that – what what's going to happen if they don't have that? Where, where are they going to go? Yeah, and that's what worries me. Yeah, and I and I get it. I I know. Uh, so we have in our church, we started a fund called the Coronavirus Fund, um, and uh, we've we've so we've been helping people who just need help in general or whatever who have fallen on hard times because of the coronavirus, been affected by it in different ways. And one of the conversations I had with somebody is they're kind of upset because we used it some of it for the graduation thing that you were a part of. They weren't really upset. They were just questioning, like, should we be using some of the funds, the coronavirus funds, to celebrate some of these seniors and stuff like that that graduated or whatever? Um, and, uh, you know, I just had to remind the person that they are, they are, they missed out on part of their life that was very, very, very important to them. And uh, um, we are just trying to step in and we are trying to help them spiritually and mentally at this time with it. And it didn't even cost that much. Um, but reminding uh, this person of that, and then I, I kind of explained that if you would have told me my senior year that football was canceled, um, I, I, I don't know what I would have done. And, like, in the context of, like, you know, making sure the money goes to people who are hungry, which we have been doing, of, like, if you would have told me I would have had to starve yeah. myself for I don't know how long or not play football. Like, you starve yourself. I would have starved myself. Mm-hmm. Right, like it'd been. I mean, it'd been that simple. Like that, it'd been an easy question for me. And I know people like who don't really love the sport, sure. or maybe aren't into it. Like they, they wouldn't get that. It's hard, but it. yeah, it's it's. And these are difficult decisions people are making. I mean, we're all in leadership decisions. We know how difficult some of these decisions people are making are. But um, all that to say is, I think as a church, uh, or not just as a church, as a church, and as Christians, but then also as a community we need to be thinking about these high schoolers that might be losing something mm-hmm. that they have uh, dreamed about right, yeah. and thought about mm-hmm. for since they were in third grade Yep. Um, uh, or worked for since they were in third grade uh, and all of those sorts of things. I, I know, I mean, it, it changed my life in a number of ways. I would have not have played college football if it wouldn't have been for my senior year. Sure. I mean, I never thought I was good enough and, 
as a junior, it probably wasn't. I mean, I was good enough to start as a sophomore and junior or whatever, but it really wasn't until my senior year when a coach came up to me and said, Josh, you should go play somewhere. And I, it was not in my, like – but he did that. He I, talked but, to you. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. my dad never. My dad didn't go to college. He didn't play college football. Yeah. Like other kids' dads did play college football that I played with. Like all these sorts of things. That wasn't very big. You know, you're playing. At, at, in my senior year, I played middle linebacker, but I didn't beyond that. Um, uh, we just needed middle linebacker. But um, like, so all the things in my head is I'm not. You know, I'm. It's I'm not good enough. Uh, and as a, a coach that played college football, I said, Josh, you should go play college football somewhere. Um, if it would have been for my senior year and that happening, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Like, and, and then the experiences you had. You got your exactly. best friends in college now. Exactly. Like, like all those experiences yep, now. And, and not that the Lord wouldn't take – not that the Lord is not going to take care sure, of people. Sure. But I just look back on my yeah. own own experiences and how thankful There's I am. There's a sign in my yeah. coach's office, and you've seen it at Talmadge, mm-hmm. cause, but it's where I'm at. Kent, Billy Graham said it. Mm-hmm. A coach – he says, "Will I, mm-hmm. I might change that word to Cam because it's up mm-hmm. to the coach to make that decision. But yeah. a coach will change more people in like one season than an average person can in a lifetime. Yeah, it's in my coach's office. Like that's mm-hmm. how important our job is. Conversation like that, mm-hmm. um, and that's what worries me. Not to hit those kids. And I again, our every place is different. A lot of our homes where I coach are broken." Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, yeah, and there's not a lot of s- solid men in their lives at all, yeah, and so th- that's how serious we treat it, you know. If they don't get that, and again, like I said, me personally, I'm gonna, it's going to be different. It's going to be hard. I'm going to again. I love them. I love my kids. Love my wife. I mean, but it's a it's a ministry. It's a purpose. It's a calling. And I don't get that. It's going to be something missing for a little while. Yeah, and that's try to express to our administration at Kent. If it means that much to me, or how I, I'm submitting to you, I'm going to struggle. Imagine what these kids are going to do if they yeah. don't get it, you know. And, yeah. and again, I'm not saying that change their decision, but them leaning towards okay, we're going to try to do this thing. Yeah, is, I, I I think it's the right decision. Uh-huh. Do I know that to be a fact? No. Yeah, you know. But I just it's it's good it's good to be around. It's good to know we have practice on Monday, and the kids know we have practice on Monday, yeah. and just to do that, you know, I think it's think it's important for the kids. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I just think. Yeah, I hope I hope you guys will be able to play. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into that, and difficult decisions that have to be made. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough time to be a leader at any position, yeah. and whether you're a high school football sure. coach or superintendent or uh, governor, or president of the United States, whatever, mm-hmm. um, doctors, all those sorts of things are yeah. struggling with it right now. But man, I really appreciate you coming in and this conversation. Um, we have them all the time. Figured I'd, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, get alive. I guess get alive and let people listen who are interested in, in maybe football. One of the things I want to announce, I probably should announce it towards the beginning of this podcast, is our church is hosting Joel Penton. Mm-hmm. Joel Penton was a uh, national champion with the the Ohio State Buckeyes in two thousand two. Uh, he's spoken here at our church before, but he will be here August 16th. So anybody listening and who has made it this far um, is interested in coming and hearing him speak and, and seeing a Buckeye. It might be the only time this year you get to yeah. see a Buckeye. I um, hope not. You know, I, I hope not, too. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but August 16th, Joel Penton will be here at the church at 1045. Um, come and join us. I know that he'd love uh, to see people mm-hmm. as well. I know I'm inviting mm-hmm. um, some of the players uh, from your team and, and from Talmadge here as well and, and just anybody else who's interested. So, uh, man, I really thank you for your time. I know you're really busy right now and uh, preparing for the season, and I, I hope you get to have one. Man. Yeah, thanks, man. So. I appreciate the time too.